Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello guys and welcome to the Look Sports Media League One podcast. Today I am joined by uh, Sam. Hello, Happy New Year everyone. I'm joined by Jamie. Hello. And also joined by Chris. Hello, uh, double duty again, I've just got off a championship podcast. Working <laughs> double duty, Chris's best job. Right. Welcome. I hope you always had a great Christmas, a great year that comes to everyone and everyone listening right now at the moment. Um, obviously, we took a little bit of a break, but there was loads of football going on. But now we're into January. Transfer window has just opened. Yeah, and there's, it's just, there's a few good talking points as we as we go into to a crazy part of the season as teams look to improve their squads and sell some deadwood or sell players that they think they needed more and push on for hopefully a successful uh, season up ahead. There has been talks, obviously, since... August about Johnson Clark Harris. There were talks, and it was likely it was going to go to Bristol Rovers in the summer. Obviously, that didn't go ahead at the time. I think it was a bit too late, wasn't it? Fell the through windows, by so. a matter of minutes. Yeah. So, but obviously, with Joe Barton not the club anymore, they look like they won't go him from in January. So there has been talks, obviously, of him leaving Peterborough um, in January. Uh, that he wasn't in the squad for yesterday's win against Derby. Am I right in saying that? Um, However, he did start against. He did start in their game just for uh, the new year. I think he scored as well, didn't he? Yeah. So um, obviously there'll be a bunch of teams who are looking to get a, a strike of his quality, especially in the division uh, at the moment. Um, and there has been talks about uh, Charlton. Uh, there has been bids rejected, uh, according to the Peterborough chairman. So um, yeah, what are you guys thoughts on that? And do you think there'll be any other people that obviously be going in for his signature? Um, I think Ch- Charlton are the main team, I think, that have had three bids. I think it was 300, 350 and 400k, which considering he's got six months left in his contract is it's quite a substantial fee anyway. Um, I know Charlton, are, I know they've got Alfie May. Is it, a, I'm not 100% certain Charlton need a Johnson Clark Harris, personally, because they've got a goal scoring centre forward already. Um, but I think there's a bit of panic at Charlton 
anyway regarding yeah. their current situation and um especially after the boxing day game there was a lot of aggro from the charlton fans towards their owner and that only escalated when they lost i think it was to oxford at the weekend through some absolute worldly of a goal um but it's the same thing with um peter barona he doesn't ever panic in these situations he knows he knows what he's doing and to be honest peter aren't desperate to sell him and if they don't get the right offer they'll they'll use him in the second half of the season he'll score five or six goals like he has in the first half of the season and then five or six goals could get him into the championship so i don't think he's overly bothered by getting a fee and if he does get a fee he wants the right value I also, I, I really like the transparency from him too. Like he's mm. come out and said that they have rejected bid. Not many owners will do that unless they're, unless something's forced their hand. So uh, credit to him. Um, who in your league, uh, this is to everyone, who in your, who in this league uh, do you think could benefit with the Clark Harris, um, especially in the top half of the table? Everyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love him. I, would, I thing is, I would love him um, at Stevenage. Problem is though, he'd be too much money. For a lot of the teams in the division, he'll just be way too yeah. much money for us. But 400, 450k is a lot of money to a lot of clubs in this division. I think the only ones who I think could really afford him would be your Charltons, your Boltons, um, your Derbys, your Derbys, probably. I don't know why Derby won't go in for him. I think I think they need a striker, really. I think I think Dar- Derby has to be really careful how they spend money because they're yeah. they're still restricted slightly with how they can spend. Yeah, because like. Look at the top teams who probably could afford a Clark Harris. Mm. They really have a top striker, really. Yeah, you've got Cole like Bishop, said, you've got yeah. Dion Charles, uh, James Collins scores goals for Derby. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of all that can really afford them, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm it, looking at it now, I can't really see anyone who'd be actively going in for him this window other than Charlton. Yeah. And Sam said about there's a little bit of panic at Charlton. They'll win us in five. Yeah, yeah. They're down to 14th, three losses in a row. Yeah, yeah. I'm just um, looking at their away form as well. Their away form is absolutely shocking. One away win all season, five draws and five losses. It's yeah, and some of those draws were, were desperate ones. I I remember they they came to the Lamex and to be honest, they didn't look. This was early on, and they didn't look the greatest. They, they only got an, they got an equaliser late on. I think it was a. Might have been a Chucks and EK penalty. Um, I think it was a penalty at the end of the day, but don't really matter. They got a point, but like I said, so unconvincing. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think they think she's panicking. I'll, I'll, with Appleton, I, I could see him going. If, if they don't get anything soon, I was, this is onto another point that we were going to talk about a bit later, but um, about Appleton is that I think he could be gone soon. I think it's difficult for him with a lot of senior pros actually out at the moment but uh, it's like football yeah. football is a, at the end of the day a results business and when you're at a club like Charlton in League One them excuses will ride you for a bit but they've not been overly convincing since he's joined anyway and if the fans have already turned on you this early yeah. on it's going to be pretty difficult to get some any sort of support back yeah like I'm thinking at Charlton and like they could are they let's see. I'm just seeing who they've got in the next couple of weeks. See if their fortune can improve. Like they're they're weighing the league on. I think they're yeah they're weighing the league on Saturday against Port Vale and yeah. Port Vale have looked pretty good recently, um, and and they're a hard team to beat. Then they've got Peterborough, which mm-hmm. is going to be tough. 
then they're playing Burton Albion, which they should win, really. But with their waveform, you never know. And then they're at home to Northampton Town, which Northampton, in my opinion, have gone live under radar this year because they're playing what they're ninth in the league at the moment. They they're, live, they're playing. They're playing really good football. And they're, 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 if if I'm saying a team that could be a dark horse for maybe a nick a playoff spot this year, it could be Northampton. Yeah, they were I'm... all right. They were um, Lincoln just before uh, the end of the year, and Leonard was the man in midfield that was sort of their like the whole everything revolved around him, and they played all right in patches. I didn't think they were um, amazing, but they don't didn't need to be amazing to beat Lincoln on that night. But they were a really solid team, and yeah, they carry on that sort of form, and they add someone in January, maybe they can really start. But they were quite good on the counter chat. Was that one of the things I picked up on that? They were just. A really capable team, it looked like to me. It massively helps when you've actually got a, a goal scorer as well. There's not, there's what, six or seven teams that I think have a double-figured striker and Sam Hoskins is, yeah. is one of them players. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was out injured on that game and they had, I think it was about seven, eight injuries and they still were really solid team and they still had players up front. With, it was Simpson up front who played all right and it was, they've got that sort of depth that they can push really. Yeah, yeah I think that massively surprised because you look at the playoffs, yeah, and, and the and Northampton are lucky. I think that's gonna if they're gonna get a chance, it'll be with Hoskins. Yeah. Those goals, that's the thing. Uh, the reason why Steve is in the playoffs, the playoff picture, I think we're just outside at the moment, but it's because of Jamie Reed, because of his goal scoring exploits. Even though, like, when you look at him the last couple of years, he's not really had that goals like the amount of goals he scored recently, but Hoskins obviously done that at two levels now. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if, he, if, like I said, he, I don't know how old Hoskins is. I think he's getting on a little 31. bit now, isn't he? 31. He's, this is the prime of his career. So um, if he can, if he, if he can continue what he's doing, I think Northampton could be a little dark horse for playoffs this year, maybe even next year, uh, depending on, 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 on how they, how they recruit. Yeah, I, I think would, I would going to have to turn. The losses into draws, though they've lost eleven games, which is the most yeah. in the top twelve. Yeah. Um, so they're going to have to start turning the losses into draws. Even if you turn five of them into draws, then they're yeah. only four or five points actually outside the playoffs. So. Yeah, and then you'll see. You look at they had that little blip against Stevenage. Um, with they look like a, I wasn't there, unfortunately. Obviously, I, I do the backstage vlog. Stevenage obviously haven't been recently due to. Situations to with floodlights recently. Um, if you didn't hear of that, yeah, game got called off because of a floodlight failure. That's still going on. Um, but in that game against Northampton, um, what I watched anyway on, on iFollow, um, we played them off the park, really. Uh, played to us, played to our best, beat scored early on, and we looked like we were in control. So Northampton, that, that looked like that was just a game that you would say the game they didn't really need to win or lose or anything like that. It's one of those games where it's a free hit. So, but since then they've been again they've been doing quite well. And if they recruit with a couple of big good names in January that can bolster up their numbers, I think they'll do quite well. Yeah, carrying on with the, like the transfer theme, um, there's obviously a lot of rumours that Cashin was going to leave Derby. Um, I think they triggered an extension in his contract this week, so the fee will either be a more substantial fee or he is going to stay at Derby now until the end of the season. So they're guaranteed some sort of fee for him now. Yeah, yeah and I think good. you've still got uh, Max Bird. Uh, I'm not sure if Holler going back in for him, but they did bid twice in the summer. But obviously, given he's under 24, even if he does just 
leave in the summer when his contract's up, they're still due compensation for him anyway. So a bird and cashing would be two massive losses for Derby. And given their circumstances, they'd be impossible to replace as well. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. if cashing went to a Premier League club like Brighton, I've said before that some form of loan back would probably be arranged. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it happens a lot with Derby. I think they've they tried to and I think in the last couple of years with the likes of um was it Luke Plange? Um that that he they they uh was it Palace who bought him and then loaned him back. So um yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if that happens. I yeah, like I said, I think a Brighton or or a Palace or someone like that will probably go in for cash in, I think. Might not be successful, but I think it'll be a that's one of those sides that are probably good with youngsters, so be interesting to see what happens there. Um Another another uh, story coming out of uh, League One and League Two recently was the um, there's been talks about Freddie Draper being recalled um, to Lincoln City uh, from from also where he's having a, a very successful season uh, down in League Two. Um, there has been talks about it happening. It's not for definite yet, but um, it's sort of been suggested and rumored that that they will be activating the clause to to bring him back. Um, with a Lincoln side that's really, really struggling on goals due to injuries and suspensions, um, what are you guys' thoughts on on, on that? And uh, do you think he'll be the man to 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 keep Lincoln at a decent position? Obviously, if they're sliding down the table at the moment. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting with Draper because um, he's just picked up an injury on New Year's Day, by the sounds of it. And they were uh, Scabala was told about that. Michael Scabala, the Lincoln head coach, was told about it in his press conference afterwards, and he just laughed. It's just the injuries they've had this season's unbelievable and they just sort of keep coming and he's he's one of them with Draper you don't, he's doing well in League 2 you don't know going to know if he's going to translate that to League 1 I mean, he's scored 10 goals he's obviously doing something right and well so they're doing um, well enough aren't they in League 2 but it's for me I'm not 100% sure if he'll come back into League 1 and hit the ground running straight away but he's a cheaper option I guess for Lincoln if they do opt for it than dipping into the market for someone uh, it's like a short-term solution to more of a long-term problem that they've got at the minute. But I think it'd be interesting to see if it happens. I know, uh, like the press conferences I've been to, Skowal has talked about it and he's one of them where he's he's not given anything away that it's been discussed as an op- as a potential, but nothing's been given away the fact that if the club are going to do it or not. So it's still up in the air. Yeah. What, 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 you, mean, what are you guys' thoughts on it? Given... It's like Jamie said about it being a cheaper option. There's other areas that need reinforcing at Lincoln as well. You know, they've conceded just as many as they've scored. So I think defensively, the team needs sorting as well as up front. So if they can recall him and obviously if he's fit enough, hopefully it's not too bad of an injury. I think Scabala has said he needs to be assessed, hasn't he? Um, yeah, he, not really. There's no, no detail on it yet. So. Um. So yeah, there's there's other areas to address, but like you said, he laughed. It's just it's typical Lincoln fashion that <laughs> I think it was bound to happen with the forward situation at the club anyway. We'd been speaking about it before that they are probably in the most need of a of signings this summer outside of the teams yeah. in the relegation fight. Yeah, they've yeah, got they've got um... ten players out injured and eleven if you include Draper in that sort of situation. Yeah. Savinson went off on New Year's Day, so 10 players have gone out. 
I think there's a short-term option could be, um, is it Taylor that got recalled from Colchester who's gone back to Lincoln? He could be a to short-term Luton, loan. Yeah. yeah, short-term loan for a short-term fix sort of thing until the end of the season. Yeah. yeah. I, like He's done well in, in, in League 2, hasn't he? So I think that would be a good option. I don't, like I said, I don't think a, a permanent buy is the solution for Lincoln. I think it's got to be looking at maybe a loan deal. Um I was looking at a couple of players that maybe could suit someone like Lincoln. Another one could be uh, Jude Sinnott Bell um, from Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, I think I think him as a striker, maybe someone a bit younger, uh, maybe could be an option for Lincoln City on now from Tottenham. Um, yeah. yeah, I think um, Lincoln. I don't know if they want someone more experienced though with Lincoln because they are quite a young team anyway. Um, yeah. And if they're going with the more experienced option, you're probably looking at someone who's not playing in the Championship or you take an absolutely huge risk and go for Connor Wickham on a free transfer until the end of the season because he's still not got a club after no. being released by Cardiff, scored goals for Fleetwood, uh, not Fleetwood, Forest Green, sorry. Yeah. But he's obviously not kicked a ball for six months and his injury record's not exactly sparkling. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it might be a match made in heaven if he goes to Lincoln with all their <laughs> forward injuries, to be honest. Yeah, I thought that was uh, interesting when I did that article about free yeah. agents for the Iguana, Connor Wickham came up on that and I thought, it's one of those that he, he's going to get associated in that sort of way. But um, Scribala, one of the things he said was he wants experience. That's something that he, he mm. said we need experience um, last week yeah. after the Northampton game. And I mean, a name like Connor Wickham on a free transfer, it's it's certainly an option. And it goes against sort of the model that Lincoln City mm. like to talk about. But in terms of short term solution, it for me, that's the, that's the direction I would go rather than another young player. Yeah. Because that's the problem. A lot. Uh, sorry, Sam. I was just saying a lot right. of the strikers are, are, young, are young. Really, you look at. I was about to say if if you want to get someone a bit more permanent that, that that's scoring goals for fun in non-league, if you really want to take a punt, is Josh Stokes. But at the end of the day, that would be a punt. That's yeah, going to be. I know it's non-league, but that would be a very expensive transfer. Yeah, he's good uh, mother, isn't he? Give an older shot a uh, chasing at the moment as yeah. well in the National League. He, they're not going to part with him very cheap. No. I think for Lincoln, they're not exactly in a bad position. I know their recent form, especially over Christmas, was they're the only team not to actually pick up a point over Christmas. Um, but they're still in an 11th place. They're still in quite a healthy position, really, mm. considering the form they're in. Um, playoffs is probably a bit far-fetched, but I think if they solidified this season with a mid-table finish, I think a majority of the fans would probably take that if you looked at the bigger picture for this season. Um, I think there's a, there seems to be quite a bit of discontent at the minute. I mean, they finished 11th last year, 11th or 12th. Um, and it does seem like everyone wants them to push on to that next mm. step, which is obviously touching for playoffs, isn't it? But the injuries have sort of um, swept the carpet from underneath them. And I mean, the stat that I'd pulled out last week, they've, They've not scored a goal from open play since the 28th of November. And they well, the one goal that's come from open play was an own goal. So a Lincoln player hasn't scored from open play since then. Um, and the, yeah, seven games without a win. So something needs to sort of turn around. And they've got Jack Moylan coming in this week from the League of Ireland. His sort of transfer is was made after the window ended and he's coming in uh, now. So it'd be interesting to see if he makes a difference and if they can bring anyone in because they've got a free weekend this weekend so they've got a bit of time before mm. Wickham on the 13th. Yeah, that's obviously... Where... Sorry, Chris, I was just saying, that's a game that, that, that that's possible to then get anything out of, especially with the spotty form Wickham on at the moment. 
Um, going back to Joe Taylor just shortly, um, Lincoln were actually one of, I'm not sure if anyone mentioned, but Lincoln were actually one of the clubs mentioned a couple of hours ago to okay. be looking at him. Uh, Bolton, Oxford and Wickham as well. And that's from Pete O'Rourke a couple of hours ago. It's not like Bolton what? need any more goals. I was going to say, what's Bolton, <laughs> Bolton looking at him? They got they, well, they got Dior Childs. That's just taking the that's just taking the mick at that point. No, I was there yeah. on um, Boxing Day and they scored three in ten minutes against us. And you know when you sit there thinking, "Oh my God, how much pace have you got through the middle of yeah. the pitch?" It's like you don't need anyone else going forward. This is this oh. is me. This is me at Peterborough, right against Peterborough at home. Well, no, we drew, but you just look at the pace they're attacking. Like, how have you got that much pace? Like with three getting, attackers. Getting really excited for the fact that we have Bolton in a couple of weeks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> You're more than welcome. Chris. I don't know when we have it. Let me have a look. But Chris, it's okay. You had a really good Christmas period and picked up seven yeah, points, yeah. but you're still in the bloody bottom four. It took you nearly 21 minutes, Sam. How long have you been holding that in? I thought about your, 21 head was minutes. About to, your head was about to explode <laughs> if you had to wait any longer, wasn't it? Yes, I had to get that stat in. Um, but to be, to be fair, your top scorer now has the same as our top scorer, considering you hadn't scored in, in your first 11 games or whatever it was. So Yeah. And, if and we're you send, didn't, you send to... back, didn't you send back six of your seven loanees as well? Oh, I saw that. All yeah. our loanees are gone, yeah. They're, they're <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, isn't the, isn't the seventh one gone back to Bournemouth to, to do mm. treatment, right? Um, I, I mean, Daryl Clark... Daryl Clark did say most of his squad wouldn't be playing for him past January. So <laughs> one, of, one of the most brutal press conferences to give after your first game in charge. Just, I mean, Jamie said Honestly. about an own goal ending a run of goals from open play. I can't, I can't laugh at it because an own goal ended our run of not scoring goals and it still went on after that for quite a while. Yeah. You're pretty unfortunate, to be honest, that Reading also picked up eight points over Christmas. Uh, Burton picked up seven. Exeter managed to win a football match. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's probably the only reason you're not actually in, um, not actually outside the bottom forward. And ju- just to help Sam's point, it uh, always goes without saying that as soon as we say about a run happening, Shrewsbury scored three goals in a game, Sam. Oh, I... I, I, I it's a miracle. Were they playing Burton? Oh, Fleetwood, three. wasn't it? Yeah, it Fleetwood was Fleetwood. are disappointed. Yes, um, <laughs> sorry, Fleetwood, but yeah, but they've just obviously they obviously sacked um, Lee Johnson and have now got Charlie Adam. So in a in a space of eighteen months, they've had Scott Brown and Charlie Adam as managers. Scottish, come on. Two seconds sorry, in a season I... for Lee Johnson, and it's not even yeah January. Yeah, just would... in January. Because I remember when Lee Johnson was on some list, sort of record, right? There's a lot, yeah. There's um. I remember when Lee Johnson was on the list of the five like hot prospects of managers when he was at. Was it Yo? Was he at Yeovil? Yo, Yeovil or Bristol City, surely. Yeah, and uh, now he's been sacked twice in a year, once by Hibs and now once by Fleetwood, who did score a goal at least. I suppose that's a positive for them. Yeah, and um, what was I going to say? Strews, yeah, with. Shrewsbury, like I said, they've scored three in a football match now. Now they're now they've they've, they've got a, a game that on Saturday or it might be Sunday actually, but they've got that TV game against Wrexham in the FA Cup, which will probably be tough. Obviously, it's Wrexham, but 
that li- the lift around Shrewsbury is, is is really going ahead now, aren't they? That we're really starting to build a bit of momentum. Yeah, I don't really know how though. They've still only scored seventeen goals and three goals away from home. Their goal difference away is negative eighteen. <laughs> I just don't understand how they're thirteenth in the league. They 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 have also drew the same amount of games as Bolton in second. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well done, Shrewsbury. <laughs> they have drew three games this season. The only two teams uh, outside of Shrewsbury, the only team to have done that outside of Shrewsbury and Bolton is Northampton. Blimey. I tell you what, though, uh, Shrewsbury are no longer the league's lowest scorers either. That, 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 that prize has now gone to Exeter City. Yeah. However, and just to add even more confusion to how they are where they are in the table, they have lost the same amount of games as Cheltenham and Fleetwood. <laughs> Yes, this is this league. Like I said, me and me and Sam, we were like you guys have been here for a couple of years. Me and Sam have gone into League Two, where it was a pretty weak division. If you, you say last year, right? Hmm. You would say last it year was, was quite weak. Mm-hmm. We've then come up another division to find that the division we've just came out from just now a very strong league, mm-hmm. and the division we come into is now again a very weak league. So it just seems to me that we've just found ourselves looking to exploit. Very weakly, especially in, in Stevenage's case, even I'm, uh, as well. I'm going to confuse you even more with a statistic oh, of how no. oh, no. where they are. <laughs> Before their three goals against Fleetwood at the weekend, they had scored the same amount of goals as they had lost games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's nonsensical how they're 13th from the table. It's ridiculous. I, I saw mean, some rumors saying the... that they're getting a striker as well. So yeah. Also, what I'm saying about Fleetwood, right? About them having in the space of a couple of years, they've had, they've had uh, Brown and, and and Adam. What's next? Stephen Fletcher. <laughs> they the... Charlie <laughs> Adam is such a strange appointment for a team <laughs> bottom of League One. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Like, it's his first job, isn't it? Is well, he's the yeah. head coach rather than a manager, but his first yeah. managerial job. It's just yeah. yeah. I saw that. I thought, why? I mean, you don't. I mean, I know Lee Johnson wasn't doing that well at all was he but I mean there was 11 games they in a row they hadn't won but it was to get yeah. to get in someone who's never been a manager before it's really risky um, I'm pretty sure he's I'm pretty sure his job was loans manager he was, Burnley. He was a loan manager and this yeah. is probably I think this is the third time I'm going to say this on the podcast so I'm going to start asking Charlie Adam for commission for this but he <laughs> gave uh he gave an interview on BBC about how a loan manager actually works, and it was a really fantastic interview. It's really interesting. Um, so, Charlie, if you're listening, that's the third time I've plugged it, so I need to start <laughs> asking for commission, mate. Um, no, I we don't have been a head coach manager. of Fleetwood Town, by any chance. <laughs> Go, going we, on had to a loan manager. we had a loan manager come in from Bournemouth called Carl Fletcher. He lasted three games and was <laughs> sacked after we lost to Malden and Tiptree in the FA Cup he got sacked and now he's back at Bournemouth as loan manager he got his old job back go, yeah, go into what Sam said about Shrewsbury uh, being linked with strikers I think every striker who's available is being linked with Shrewsbury <laughs> that, that is one transfer recruitment that you'd be worried if they weren't doing that yeah I think uh, I recently did an article linking back, linking two things that Sam said on the last League One podcast about Jack Marriott leaving Fleetwood. And uh, I recently did an article saying that 
he could be excel with Shrewsbury Town. And looking into the team, I think they have about eight goal, different goal scorers this season. I think it's eight players who scored for them yeah. this season. And I think I was I saying think four or five of them are one yeah. on one goal each. Yeah. Um, I think you're saying with, with, with Shrewsbury about getting a striker, it's like they've just gone on FM and just put striker position, don't care, don't care like what, what rating they are and just gone search. They searched the wide web. That's what I feel about Lincoln at the minute with all the rumours going around. It's like, oh, they're yeah. linked to this striker. It's just, they're just, it's just a striker. Yeah, yeah I linked to, the, linked to this striker from the Tanzanian First Division. Why? <laughs> Searching LinkedIn I... for strikers. <laughs> I think another problem for Shrewsbury is that they actually don't create anything. They are the lowest they have. So in big chances in League One, even Exeter City have created 45 big chances, which puts them 10th. Shrewsbury are bottom with 21, which is seven less than the next lowest team, which is Cheltenham. Yeah. How low are Lincoln down in that one? They must be there. Uh, Lincoln are mid-table with in 13th yeah. with 42. Who's Who's got the best? Who's like the top six? Uh, Portsmouth top 72. Peterborough second 67. Derby third 62. Bolton four 56. And Blackpool fifth 52. And that's Where's the same Stevenage? as Oxford and Stevenage. I was going to say mm. same one, yeah. Well... We will be back in just a moment uh, whilst we go to these ads. Welcome, everyone, back to the League One podcast here on Look Sports Media. Uh, this time we'll be looking at the festive period of fixtures um, and all the talking points from the best teams and worst teams to come out of this period. I think one of the first, what I would like to talk about personally as a Steelers fan. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, is the weirdest thing that was the Steamage Cambridge game being called off due to a power cut. A power cut, as for say. Um, yeah, because it came up to power cut. Um, the people went on, I think it was UK Power Gas, or what was it called? What's the, I don't know what the company's UK called. UK Power Network or something like that. There we go. And they said that there wasn't a power cut, then they said there was a power cut on there, and then apparently now it's just to do with the local fuse. That was the weirdest situation I've been in as a football fan. Because um, I, I was waiting outside for like an hour before the game got called off. It sounded pretty convenient to me, considering you had Portsmouth coming up and you had a couple of little, couple of tired legs. Yeah. I, uh... Yeah. I, I, I just love the irony of it being that not long ago, everyone was complaining about your budget in League One yeah. for a team that's just come <laughs> up. And then that happens that and it's like, oh, Steven is card before to pay the, keep the lights on. Um, yeah, they spent all their budget. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, my favourite part um, was the fact that Neil Harris did an interview and it looked really bright, like all the lights were on behind him. And it was like... <laughs> well, yeah, it turned out right. they were walking back and it turns out the lights were all on. Yeah. I'm like, are you joking? 
But it turns out um, it was like half on or something. Hmm. And it was like half past, it was until like half past nine. But yeah, it was it's the most annoying thing because we're, we're a sold out crowd, basically. You and, say and that won't happen when he goes on Tuesday night. You say you've not seen anything like it. I have once before, and that was Burton Albion when we went on that Carabao Cup run. And that was against Bournemouth. I don't know. I don't know if anyone would remember it. It's, we've it's got to be getting back. Cheltenham versus Cheltenham versus Bournemouth, yeah. No, it was Burton Albion. Uh, I was living. Oh, in well, there at the Cup run. Oh, uh, are you Carabao okay? Cup, me, yeah. Um, the only time I've won. ever had floodlight failure was Gillingham away last season when we won the league. That's the only time I've yeah, off the top of my head that we've ever had it. They were 1-0 up against Bournemouth and then the lights went off because the electricity in Burton is awful. It's like living in the 20th century. Um, and then the lights went off, so the players went back in and then they came back out, the lights went off again. <laughs> and it got to the point where they were like, oh, well, we'll just have to replay the game. And it's How convenient, if that was Bournemouth, would you be replaying the game if it wasn't a Premier League team? Yeah, um, but I think eventually, I can't remember what the score finished. I think it finished two one to Burton, or it might have stayed two, one nil. Uh, I can't two, remember. two nil, two nil Burton. Yeah, um, uh, with with the whole thing with Bournemouth, apparently it was because they were told uh, with the EFL rules, um, you can't call off the game until uh, the final failure has been un- has been interrupted uh, for one whole one in thirty minutes. Um, but so. going back to your game, there's yeah. one thing I want to say about your game at Portsmouth, and that's that red card. <laughs> that is, yeah, yeah. He's watched, um, he's watched, he's watched Cobra Kai all Christmas. That's what he's done. He's for, Cobra Kai. Um, that, that's a player who's that's his 12th red card in his career as well, and that is. One of the most horrendous challenges <laughs> I have ever seen, and I am not surprised that John Mazzino has been livid for that. Yeah, uh, even yeah. Mazzino said it's one of the worst tackles he ever see saw. Uh, and I quickly watched a clip of it before we started. And I, no I one in the stadium could have argued that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, no, that's, that's what I said. Oh. Even Steve Evans didn't try to argue it in his post match. <laughs> that's when you know it's a red card. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he could have been killed. Like, seriously, he's gone straight and, and just clattered him. But the, the thing wor- the is, worst part that, is it, yeah, go on. The go worst on, part go on. is that happens in a Premier League, you've probably still got five, ten minutes of VAR. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've got to slow that down. Now speed it up, now speed it up. No, it's a red card. He's correct. It's in the face. Um, the weirdest thing about that, though, was when they were, br- they were bringing him off, um, so he wasn't being given treatment. He was just he was just being walked off the pitch to, to get treatment, right? And then he's then sat down right next to the uh, like got he's gone from the the their box to where, near where the touchline is, where substitutions take place of it usually. And then he's just sat down on the pitch, and the referee's allowed that to happen. I find that what he's literally five yards, just take him off the pitch. And stop like stopping the game. I know because they're winning. It was dark arts. It's, um, it, was a, it was a weird one. I mean, it's not even it's not even a foul. It's just borderline assault in some cases. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It, it's almost it's almost similar to going down to the national league for Rochdale player 
at the weekend. Uh, oh, on New Year's oh Day. that was terrible. Yeah, he's up. He's pushed him into the rail, isn't he? It's a that's, two-handed push. Yeah, that's that. Theoretically, um, he could probably he could probably like press press charges, right? Like he really wanted. Uh, I don't know where something like that would lead. To be fair, but <laughs> well, that's for uh, that's for the National League guys to talk about on their podcast. Yeah. That one, yeah, out tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, there was some some weird and and, and good records from from all teams really during the uh, during the, the festive period of games as they were going obviously into the FA Cup weekend this week weekend where obviously there'll be certain teams who who, who won't. Um, be playing and there'll be other teams that will be playing the FA Cup, such as my side, the way to Maidstone. And luckily, I don't think any of your guys are still left in the FA Cup, are you? I'm the, I'm the, I'm the lone person here. Um, we yeah, we lost 5-1 to a lo- uh, League 2 team. Yep. <laughs> we lost uh, we lost 1-0 to a National League team. <laughs> well, fair I enough, did. though. It's, it's Chesterfield, isn't it? Eh? Stabbed, like, uh, Sam's favourite pods are when I'm here because he just gets to laugh at someone who is enjoying <laughs> one of the most miserable times of the EFL right now. Yeah. Mm. You know, also, well, so I couldn't go back to what Cambridge, what was quite funny about the game was that I've got called off. Every fan came up the woodworks, including, I think I, I, I saw a Yeovil fan and Macclesfield fans were coming out. Like, they, cause they, they go with this, right? They go like, when, when it got called off, they'll go with like, oh, we shouldn't be in the EFL in the first place. Well, yes, we shouldn't be. If you run your club properly. That's the thing yeah. at the end of the day. But I just love how they just come out of the woodworks. Like, like just because we've done one thing wrong and the game is just completely floodgates have opened. It's quite funny. Yeah, so with the festive period now being over, yeah. the most informed team over the festive period were Bolton, who won all four of their games. Um, Derby and Northampton were set, uh, got nine points. Reading were probably the biggest surprise, I would say, considering every, all the shit that's going on with them. They got eight, along with Peterborough and Barnsley. And then Orient, Cheltenham and Burton got seven. The worst performing teams, uh, Lincoln were the only team not to pick up a point, as we touched on earlier. Fleetwood and Cheltenham only got one. And then Shrewsbury got three, which was in there, obviously, their final game. Um so I think the biggest surprise there is probably Lincoln not picking up at least a point, Charlton being rubbish, and Reading actually doing really well. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Reading actually because that was one I'd picked out, and they're they're just such a they're in just they look look really good. I mean, they came to Lincoln uh, on the Saturday after they drew at Oxford, which was like the start of this like six games unbeaten they've been, and they looked amazing. Like <laughs> I'd, I'd thought like the table had flipped round, and so they turned up in the relegation zone and they played like the team up the top of the table and they were when I mean, they got draws against Oxford and uh, Peterborough as well and they've just mm-hmm. they're just playing really nice football it's their longest yeah. unbeaten run since September and October in 2020 when they seven games unbeaten so. yeah I think a lot of the time it, it's just um, it's just just playing with a little bit of freedom um, at the end of the day I think I think at the end of the day yeah just playing with a bit of freedom and playing with not much pressure at all. So, in the day, it's really good from them. Yeah, so it's an extremely young squad. So, it's it's difficult for them because they're obviously they come through the academy and they, they do care about the club with all the off-the-field stuff. And it can affect younger players, probably more than senior players. 
Um, but certainly, like obviously, Harvey Nib, Sam Smith, both come through the academy, I believe, at Reading. So having them sort of now senior pros around has probably helped them massively. And um, yeah, it is good to see that hopefully they can kick on up the league a little bit now because I think it would be a travesty for them to go down again. Um, just uh, just going on to our form because I know Sam's dying to talk about it. <laughs> Most definitely. He's been waiting for the, he's been waiting for all three of those games just to talk to me after it. Um, yes. But that losing to Northampton that's may have went eleven games without a goal, but uh, the game against Northampton was where twelve games scoring ended for us. Okay. But January is still going to be massive and. I think that loss yeah. to Northampton was showed the last one of the last chances to pick up points for a while. When you look at our our running of games yeah. coming up now, it gets a lot harder. We've got um, we've got Portsmouth this weekend. Uh, we've yeah. got Bolton after, and then we've got Carlisle again, and then Derby. Yeah, it's not really a run of fixtures that you want to see, especially in January when you're trying to. Probably going to bedding at least eight new players, I would imagine, into the squad. Yeah. Um, but it looks like Tom Pett's going to sign a new deal, so that might be some positive news. Love Tom Pett. As, as a Stevenage fan, I love the guy. He's was brilliant for us over two spells. Um, I don't know, don't know how you feel about him, Chris. He's got a couple of months there so far, but yeah, I think he's he's brilliant. For I would have loved to have him at Stevenage past couple of years. Love him. Yeah, he he's added something new to our squad. You know, we had no creativity, and that shown by having absolutely yeah. no goal return whatsoever at the start of the season. But now we've yeah. got players like Will Goodwin firing. Goodwin, one of my favourite signings we've made in the past year or so. Um, I went and watched. Uh, I actually went and watched him on his debut against Salford in the Carabao, uh, Carabao EFL Trophy last year, and. Um, he he was brilliant then. He scored against them straight over to the fans after scoring on his debut. And on the subject of the EFL trophy, it was typical Cheltenham fashion last year that we went to the quarterfinal against Salford, beat them, and then we saw we could have got, I think it was Plymouth, Bolton or Portsmouth in the semifinals. Yeah. And we got Plymouth. But the we had the semi-final on a Tuesday, and we had Plymouth away the weekend before as well. Oh. We had tickets to the semi-final. Both of them were away as well. We were away in the cup as well. We had tickets to the semi-final, and then we went and lost 4-0 to Plymouth in the league away. <laughs> and we all went, I'm not driving four hours to see that happen again. So we didn't go, and then we nearly won it. <laughs> Moral of the story is: Don't go to Plymouth more than once in a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just that, that thing. Is, yeah, just that. Well, um, yeah, go for it. Sorry, of course, the Plymouth manager in the final, didn't they? Yeah, that's a yeah, very football manager thing to happen, isn't it? You get the team in the cup directly or before the league game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I think. Have you, like I said, you've done Plymouth. Has anyone else done Plymouth? Because I know I've done it. It's the worst. No, I've I've watched us play them at home on Boxing Day last year, 
and yeah. we were all over them. They didn't look like a team mm. who were top of the table when we played them. Yeah, I sort of have a fondness for Plymouth, um, just because I have I have family and things like that, that that live down there. So, so always always keep out for them. But um, I've done that away once, um, and there was Stevenage, and there's about fifty fans, and about fifteen of them were my family. <laughs> We still lost two one. Um, the only, the, the only, there have it. The only people who support Stevenage, Owen is related to. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I'm sorry, Stevenage fans. Because <laughs> yeah, no um, it because I knew because it was the um, they just had Liverpool. Um, they just drew with them in a replay. So it's basically in the middle of those two games. So we literally played Liverpool on the Tuesday night. Because um, that was always a bit of a fun one there. Um, but another thing, because I should have, should have said this earlier while we're doing the transfer talk, but um, with obviously January, obviously for some teams uh, that are doing better than others. Sorry, Chris. Um, <laughs> obviously, obviously the, uh, the the winter chance window is, is a perfect place to um, make changes to the squad and, and obviously make better players, better squad depth. Um, just wondering, obviously, with, with you guys' teams, who do you think do you need to get rid of? Who do you think you should sign? Players, positions, that sort of thing. Uh, we'll start with Sam first. We'll just go Sam, Chris, um, Jamie, and then uh, and then we can talk about Steamage as well. Um, I It's really difficult for him because we're in that kind of position. I don't think we're in any trouble. We're seven points clear of the relegation zone mm. and we're too far off the playoffs to worry about them in ele- with 11 points. So it's kind of, do we get a short-term player in and it's kind of a wasted money in a way because I think we'll finish mid-table anyway. Um, But I I think we'll get a forward. We'll probably get... It's debating between a winger and a number nine, but I think they'll get one of them. Um, It would be nice to have someone who could put the ball in the net. Now Saturi is actually out injured with a hamstring injury. Um, I wonder how that feels, Sam. mm. (laughs) Yeah, we've... Yeah, players leaving us, I think there'll be a couple out. I think, personally think George Moncur will leave. Um, yeah. I'd like to see some other players leave, but I'm not going to mention their names because I think that's harsh. Um, um, is one of them, I'm, I'm, I don't know, is one of them Joe Pickett? He potentially is on that <laughs> list, yes. Um, <laughs> but I, thought, I thought he was a cracking signing for you in the window. It just turns out he hasn't really been as, to his best. I, I don't think he suits our style of play. Um, yeah. The way we press, we need someone who's, like Dan Ajay has just come back from injury and we're a completely different team. Yeah. He he has speed, he has pace, he has power, and he can run. The problem with Pigger is we have to completely change our style of play to fit him in. As a plan B, I could see Pigger working, maybe up yeah. front with someone else. But it, it, I think it's sort of your Harry Smith problem, right? From last year, yeah. right? It's yeah, the I, same sort of team. It's the same sort of play, really. You, you look at last year and he didn't really fit at all in your system. That's why you sent out alone. Then obviously he came back. I remember he came on against Stevenage and he did nothing in that in that game with Lamex. No, he's a I think there is a player in Pigger, mm. but he doesn't see how we play. And to when yeah. I start, I think I expect two probably out. I expect Sweeney to go out on loan to play some games. Yeah. I expect maybe George Moncurter to go out on loan. Um and I'd expect one possibly in in the in the forward line. Yeah. Any any idea who you who would like? I'd love Callum really? Marshall from West Ham on loan. Yeah. Right? Uh, got he's the top scorer in the Premier League uh, two. Um, yeah. It'd be I really personally feel we should use the West Ham link more often 
Yeah. Literally, they are one stop away on the central line from us. <laughs> and we can never, ever, ever loan anyone from West Ham. I don't know if it's because they yeah. hate us, but... Um, why don't why don't you use your Tottenham link more? Because surely you have a, you have a partnership with them because then they use your stadium. Yeah, the women's use our stadium, and our, uh, like we've obviously got I can't remember the you've got Jude from Spurs on. Um, you got Will Lang Lankshire, and you got yeah. Jamie Donnelly. Um, Jamie Donnelly yeah. was linked around October time, but I, he's been on the bench recently in the Premier League for them, so I can't yeah. see that one now happening. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, not... I know he's, I was talking about that earlier, but maybe him yeah, too, I. I'd be willing. The problem we've got is, do you pay the money? Let's say we've got to pay seven hundred. Let's say we've got to pay a thousand pounds a week for their wage. Mm. You do that over six months, which is however many weeks, thirty or something. You've wait. You've then paid thirty thousand pounds to move you from twelfth to eleventh. And I don't think the prize money is going to pay that thirty thousand pounds. So is it like nah. do we just move that to the summer budget, or do we just do it yeah. and hope that they come in, score fifteen goals, and we're in the playoffs, which yeah. is highly, highly unlikely. Chris, I know, I know you said about Daryl Clark probably making a lot of overalls. Do you, what do you think? What's how many in? Do you think how many out? Uh, I think we'll see those six lone players replaced. Um, the one lone player we do still have is the one player I think we should be sending back, and it it's not <laughs> it, it's not it's not it's actually cool. a case of uh, he's poor. It's that we're not doing anything with him. And with him being, ironically, he's from my other club, Arsenal, which is Butler Odiegi. Yeah. Uh, Deji, sorry. Um, and we're not giving him game time. And I just think with, especially with the, with the pressure that comes with being a youngster at Arsenal now, you know, so much is going to be expected of these players now because of how players like Saka, Martinelli, Emil Smith-Rowe, I know Emil Smith-Rowe doesn't, have the um have much game time anymore but that's because his injury story was a nightmare that went on for about two years and i don't think it's still over and i know um they were recently saying enzo Fernandez had a similar injury but they called it early enough to stop it from having the same impact but I think our targets have already been tweeted out by John Palmer, uh, which is, I think it was a left-sided centre-back and a left-wing-back as well with the priorities. So I think we're going to keep the confidence that Will Goodwin and Aidan Keener can score goals. And I think Goodwin's on six now or seven. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just about that. And obviously the one thing we need is a creative midfielder. But if we can, we seem to have a really, it's quite strange. We seem to have a really good partnership with Arsenal in terms of their Premier League 2 academy. And um, West Brom, we've had quite a few players from West Brom. The best one being Taylor last year. Yeah, He was never going to stay anywhere but West Brom after the performances he put in a Cheltenham shirt last season. So, yeah, I think creative midfielder and another centre-back are key, especially yeah. with uh, one of our main centre-backs being 38 years old. Yeah. But, I mean, if you'd like a short answer, I could just say anyone who can kick a ball at this point because... <laughs> <laughs> centre-back, right-back, left-back, centre-fielder. Yeah. Um, do you want me to go, Jamie, or do you want to go back then? Oh, yeah, right. No, 
I mean, it's interesting with all the loan talk. I mean, I'm a Doncaster fan, and it was always what it was who you know rather than what you know. Because we, we used to have Darren Ferguson as our manager, and the amount of loans we used to get from Man United, it was fantastic because they'd just be like, the one would come in, and then another one, and then another, just because that's because obviously you knew everyone. Um, I mean, it's quite interesting. It's always who you yeah. know rather than anything else in the loan market. But uh, I know we sort of talked on a Lincoln sort of perspective earlier with. Uh, Draper and they just they need a striker that's just yeah. what they need they need and their top scorer is Mandreo he scored five goals this season I think at least two of those were penalties I mean that's just dreadful um and he's, he's got his second red card of the season as well on Boxing Day Mandreo so yeah not good to other um Shadipo uh, Mide Shadipo his short-term um deal runs out and in January, and I'd be surprised if that's extended. I mean, he's, he yeah. doesn't get too much game time, and when he does, he's nothing. Uh, it doesn't set the world on fire. Uh, Jack Vale's another one on loan from Blackburn, I think it is, and he's not had much game time. He's just, I think that's the issue. They've got people in, but they've not really been given too much of a chance. And I could see him sort of his loan being cut short because I think he's on a decent wage. Uh, another one on a decent wage is Adelican. They've been trying to get rid of him for about two years. I think they might eventually get rid of him, uh, even yeah. in January or the summer. I mean, they, they'll be looking to anyway, if, even if it doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, they need a striker, Lincoln. And they've got Jack Moylan coming in uh, from Ireland, more of an attacking midfielder, but he adds something a bit different um, into the ranks. And I think that's sort of forgot with um, a, a little bit with Lincoln uh, at the minute. Yeah. We've sort of that they already have one transfer booked in, in a way. So I'd, I wouldn't expect too much business, a couple in, a couple out, but the one's already in, if that makes sense. So yeah. um, they've got their business done really early. Um, and the defence is solid, really. There's no really huge defensive issues, lots of cover defensively. It's just at the top end of the pitch that the reinforcements are needed if they want to push to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, for Stevenage, there was this really, really good. I'm just going off this because I'll just say a shout out to um, Ben from uh, Barapod. Uh, he just did a really, really good article a couple, couple uh, uh, weeks ago about about Stevenage, about our transfer, about transfer market policy. Um, just saying, I think think for Stevenage, I, I, I would see um, the likes of Harrison Neal, Charlie McNeil, um, maybe even um, Heggy going uh, back to their parent clubs. Uh, especially Neil and, and McNeil. Uh, they haven't really got the game time, I think, that, that they really wanted here. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if they dropped down another division or two. Um, also, if Heggy goes, I could see us obviously grabbing another a goalkeeper, uh, maybe looking at... I, I would love to, to give um, Tay extra competition, Hammond. Um, an option I've looked at is someone like a Jamie Cumming or Matt Macy or someone like that. Um because I think, I think, I think, especially coming, he did brilliantly for us a couple of years ago. But he hasn't really kicked on since, so uh, would love to bring him back, um, especially on a permanent. If Chelsea aren't really going to do much with him, um, probably getting a, another backup at uh, fullback. Because again, Hanam was probably going to leave just due to not having enough game time. Um, and with that, you may be looking at, at the likes of um, Teo Adramola from from Crystal Palace on loan, maybe. Um, the dream would be a Saxon early, but I just don't think he's going to come. Um, if you're looking for someone permanent, you're looking at someone like Nick Sarola from from Crawley. Um, he's just been very, very good as a fullback. And then another option um, 
that we, we could lack in position wise might be like another striker, even though Hemmings is playing really well at the moment, um, or someone in more of an attacking midfield role sort of replace or place, but sort of give Roberts a little bit of a rest sometimes. Um, and that could be the likes of Tyreek White um, and uh, Kyrell Lisby could be like a, a, a shot out the dark from Cray Valley. I would love to go for him um, because he 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 might he's. I would like to get someone to live it raw, um, and we can sort of build him in. And I think someone like a Kyrell Lisby will be very good. Yeah, in terms of um, other teams oh. that probably need players. Yeah. Um, other than Cheltenham, who probably need six. Um, sorry, Chris. Um, Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, Fleetwood are probably on that list. You could say all the teams at the bottom, obviously, Carlisle with their takeover. Um, yeah. I've obviously signed Luke Armstrong, and I'm pretty sure they, they've already got someone else or in the market for someone else. Um, yeah. Only Cheltenham probably need a couple, as we've said, and they're in for a couple already. Um, the, yeah. uh, the other club, uh, it's a, a bit of a weird one, is Blackpool. I know Blackpool are, I think they're eighth in the league, something like that. Yeah, yeah they're eighth in the league. Their away form is one of the poorest in the division. There is talks that Jordan Rhodes may go back. And that if you are Huddersfield, yeah. if you're Huddersfield you, with the position there and they call him back, I personally think. Yeah. Um, which then leaves Blackpool incredibly short up front. Um, Blackpool also conceded, where are they? They have conceded quite a few goals as well. They have conceded 32 which is the most in the top eight. So they probably need to shore up their defence. So I can see Blackpool potentially having quite a busy January. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting with teams like that, isn't it? It was sort of that mid-table, sort of looking upwards rather than down. And the, But they need to be doing something to sort of shore up those different positions to make sure that they're on that upward trajectory still. I mean, they, they, you know, they kept that clean sheet on New Year's Day, didn't they? But... I mean, they're conceding plenty of goals there, aren't they? So, yeah, something to be looking at. Yeah, Just, Oxford uh, as well. I think Oxford is challenging because they've made so many in the summer. They spent a lot on the manager, didn't they? On yeah, theirs. and Barnsley have gone very quietly about their business very recently because they've kind of just snuck up and have crept into them playoffs. They score goals for fun, um, but there was there was some some rumours about Jamie McCart going back to Rotherham, um, so they maybe need a centre half. Um, but I can't see other many other teams at the top. Portsmouth potentially might get one or two to add to squad depth so they don't do what they do every year and fall out of the playoffs. <laughs> um, Bolton, I don't think they need anything, but they'll probably sign another striker. Uh, Peterborough don't need anything, um, but that then depends if they... I think their owner came out on Twitter and said the only player they'll be signing is under-21 players anyway, uh, or anyone that takes their fancy from non-league. Um, and then obviously Chris touched on Derby earlier. Yeah, I wanted to track back to what you said about Charlton. I thought it was quite interesting. I, a friend of mine's a season to get older at Charlton, and he they've not kept a clean sheet in twelve. Um, and he says they need to sort of start from the back in terms of building something in January. And he thinks Alfie May needs some support, even though Alfie, I think there was a thing come out the other day Alfie May scored more goals in twenty twenty three than anyone else in the EFL. Um, mm-hmm. So in the well, top of the whole four leagues, including the Premier League, but. Um, he thinks they need a little bit of support up front and they've got the money charting, aren't they? So there's no reason why they can't sort of splash the cash a little bit. Yeah. Uh, they've they've conceded 34 goals, Charlton, after scoring 36. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on was where, what we were discussing about loan players. And it's one thing that 
absolutely infuriates me. Leeds did it once, and that's when that's what I said about uh, having uh, Oyadaji from Arsenal and not using him. That's one thing that frustrates me is taking these young players on loan and them not being used. And the most perfect case I can make of it is when Eddie Nketiah was on loan at Leeds in Bielta's promotion winning season. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was constantly Bielsa would bring Bamford off the bench over Nketiah and Bamford would do Bamford things. Um, <laughs> literally the only way to describe it. Uh, Bamford would do Bamford things and miss open goals from about six yards out, everything like that. And um, yeah. I think we eventually had enough and recalled him. But yeah, I we're think, guilty of that. I think a season like that uh, shows why a player like Enketia is in the position they're in now, where they yeah. just can't, he can't seem to find that yeah. confidence. Yeah, we're, we're guilty of that because you, you, I was going to say about earlier, Harrison Neal, Charlie McNeil, we just not played them really. They've played maybe a couple of games. McNeil scored on his debut and he's not really done much since. So, yeah, it's not really been the greatest. One thing that really frustrates me about loan signings, especially from Premier League clubs going to League One, League Two sort of clubs, is they expect you to pay their wages. I know that sounds really horrible, but the Premier League clubs have what? They expenditure on wages is millions and millions of pounds. And we're talking probably £2,000 a week on average for these 18-year-olds. And when they go to these League One clubs, you're expected to pay their £2,000 a week. It's like £2,000 in the grand scheme of things for a Premier League football club is a drip in the ocean. It's like wiping 20 quid, wiping your arse with 20 quid in our sort of case. But it's just ridiculous. It's like you want these young lads to go out and play football, but then they're expected to pay quite a lot of money for them. I I just, that's one of the most frustrating things, I think, in the sort of pyramid for me. Yeah. I I, I also, I, I do, like you said, what I don't like about though, if there's like a really, like a farm system though, like if there's, you know, there's one club or one team that continuously gets one player from or the same players from the same club, like the players from the same club. Mm. Um, I think there's a limit, isn't there? I think you're yeah. allowed two long-term yeah. loans from one specific club, club in your yeah. match day squad anyway. So even if they yeah. tried to get three, they wouldn't be allowed. No. Also, I do like it how funny how apparently Steve Evans knows every manager in the Football League. Over managed in the Premier League. I, I just find that hilarious that he's like he's called up Pep Guardiola for Finney Burns. Like apparently he has his number. Like Could you imagine how that conversation went? <laughs> probably <laughs> probably down at Burger King, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, Pep Guardiola. Yes. Uh you you'd struggle to understand who struggle to understand who more there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 But, the conversation um, probably ended with Steve Evans going on about what are the pre- referees like in the Premier League? <laughs> Can you have a word about VAR down in League yeah. One? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's uh, all we've got time for uh, today. Thank you, uh, Sam. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you, Chris, all for coming today. Uh, but anyway, have a great rest of your day and um, have a great day. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.